about them later. So Elon Musk, right at the end of last week, a report came out that Elon Musk was pulling out of the Twitter deal. Now, there had been some news coming out almost immediately after the agreement had been reached and it was voted on by the board of Twitter that Elon Musk and his team had a very big concern about the number of bot accounts. The number of accounts that you know, would push out all kinds of activity and make it seem as if some of these blue check mark accounts, not only them, the ones who are the income-based accounts, were as active as it could have been. Elon Musk began to say that he felt that it was over 20% of the accounts on Twitter are bot accounts. Twitter is indicating that's more like 5%. So you heard the story coming and going. If you haven't been following this closely, we've talked about it several times on the On the Range podcast, Warhawk Tactical Kelly Defense, as well as Vantage Point. If you haven't been following it, Elon Musk offered $44 billion to buy Twitter, take it private, take it off the market. If you're going to spend $44 billion, you're going to want to know some things. You're going to want to know all this, this property. He's got to know everything about it before this deal is going to be closed, before this sale is closed. Now, right now, the current market value, that's all in, of Twitter is more like $200 million. So we're talking about a, or I'm sorry, $22 billion. So we're talking about a 50% over the price of what it's actually worth that Elon Musk is offering. Now, I'd like to follow some of the left-wing and the, even the progressive pages and TYT, the Young Turks, okay? I saw a guy on there, not going to really mention his name, uh, not to, I don't want to bring too much attention to some of these shows, but he was talking about, oh, yeah. Elon Musk was going to save the Second Amendment or the First Amendment and all this stuff. And now he's pulling out. He's backing out. Hey, look, bro, would you buy a car for $50,000 without knowing everything that you needed to know in order to make an educated purchase? Escalate that to $44 billion. $44 billion. Now you know how this company makes money. I have no idea, especially if what Elon is even close, let's say it was 10%, 10% of those accounts are bots. I don't have no idea how they're making the money. So to me, this property is way overpriced. So getting back to James Kahn, Misery, what a great movie. Now, Kathy Bates made a lot of that. She was fantastic. She was just phenomenal in that movie. Stephen King gave it a couple interviews I'd seen him where they were talking about the production while it's happening. And he would get roughs of the raw footage sent to him. We call it roughs in the biz. And he would talk about how good she was. She was just so freaking good. They just knew that her performance was just going to carry it. She hit a home run. There's no doubt about it. But a lot of it, of the movie's success, because of James Caan. Such a great performance. I'm really shocked that neither one of them, I, don't, I can't remember if she did, but he should have been nominated as well if she was for Best Supporting Actor. In my opinion, he's the lead. He was unbelievable. You got to remember, his performance was so good. He spent majority of the movie, almost all of it, in bed, showing all that emotion. And not everybody could have 
pulled that off? It's along the same lines, buddy. I was just going to ask Leander, where do you think that comes from? Because that has to be generational. That can't be something that sprung up yesterday. Well, this people are not going to like this. The feminism movement was really great when it started out. And it's taken us down this road where now these women think that we don't need a man ever. And we're now trying to replace them with our own horrible versions of masculinity. And we are not men. And so now we have these pussified men who think that that's how it's supposed to be. And the women are like becoming the men. And it's, it's so backwards. And mm. I just think that that's but, getting back but, into our roles, like respective sure. roles, you know. But here's, here's the thing, Leonard, right? Here's a question for you. So you got to think a little while back, we let men, for lack of better terms, do women's sports. Mm-hmm. But we never saw any backlash from the women going, hey, this is wrong. It's almost like they rolled over and just let it happen. Right. What do you think was the driving factor behind that one? Or do you even have any idea? Which sports are you talking about? Like men going into, are we talking about transgender or? Still a man, right? (laughs) You're you're biologically a man. I I care less what title you put. Thank you for correcting us. Right. You're you're a man, okay, that you're going into lady sports. Well, and, and that completely, that undermines all the work that actual women's rights have fought so hard to actually, mm-hmm. you know, get us on, I wouldn't say equal playing grounds, but at least having the same opportunities as men do. And it's gone way too far. Now we're going backwards, you know, throughout mm-hmm. this whole thing. Yeah, that that's really, like you were talking about the, the movement that was initiated and all those great things like title nine for the uh, athletics and, and, and actually all through NCAA and college opportunities. Mm-hmm. Great stuff. Yeah. How does that not conflict? And I'm curious to hear from your audience and maybe some of them you say are coming from the feminist side. What are the reaction to those kind of things? Those tangible things that are obviously <sighs> not in line with title nine and women's rights. There's just, I don't, I really don't think women know or understand where we're going wrong. A lot of this boils back down to like the home and the men missing out of the lives of children, especially boys. But when I was talking to Rich Cooper, um, one of the things that he said was that, you know, if you are with a woman who doesn't respect the man in their relationship. Maybe she has daddy issues. She's not going to respect having the man in the in her kids' lives either. If he, she just divorces him and picks up and goes, it's no big deal, right? But if she has a good relationship with her father, she's going to respect that relationship for her kids and want the man to continue to be there. It's this pattern over generations um, that we are losing the men and therefore the kids are growing up without the fathers. And I that's where I want to kind of bring us back to where we need to be. You know, the women can work. Yes, the men can, need to be there though too, even if you're divorced, making sure that that father is still involved 50-50. Like this is not, hey, I'm gonna take all his money and he's only gonna see the kids every other weekend. Like that's bullshit. I can't teach my yeah. son how to be a man. So he needs to have his father in his life the you know exact same amount of time as I am. That's so important. 
And, and that being said, you make a great point that the responsibility isn't, it's, it's both. It's not just the, we don't think that the women are really, it's, it's, they're the one causing this. I think the, the lack of men being in those lives for the last, you know, generations, only 25 years. Yeah. So you can see how before that, maybe even if they were in the house and you ha you saw those nuclear families not breaking up so often, maybe they allowed some of this just as well. They're just as responsible. And right. some of the, the for the equal number of, of women that are not letting their kids interact with their birth father, there's just as many men who are bailing as well. Yes. It, it's not, yes. it's not just there. It's fault. not just one it's, end of the, no. uh, I totally agree. Maybe you've seen it. AOC's walking in to the Capitol, is getting heckled. It's obviously some kind of comedian or some kind of an influencer, but it's complete satire, parody. And, you know, he's saying, hey, here comes my favorite uh, big booty Latina. And it's clearly in jest. And she even reacts, gives a peace sign or something like that. And later, she starts talking about how she didn't feel safe. Talking about January 6th and all this other stuff. Didn't feel safe. Talking about how cops, there was a cop with me, he didn't do anything. Now, there's a couple of things that just jump out at me. Number one, she was right up there on the defunding the police and she's right up there with the criminal justice reform, public safety reform. Hates the police, wants to get rid of it, remember? Now she's upset that no one did anything to someone who wasn't breaking the law. This, it, it's just, it's, it's amazing to watch and they don't even realize that they're doing it and people aren't dumb. They think about it. They're like, wait a minute, how hypocritical is that? Totally bashing law enforcement constantly, demoralizing them, trying to defund them, trying to get rid of them. And we've talked about that on OTR, Vantage Point. We've talked to that on Words of Wisdom. We talked to that at length on On the Range podcast with Rick and I. Defunding the police is the single worst thing, policy, idea that they have ever come up with. It has caused fear, damage, and caused harm. Many people are dying because of this policy. They've got blood on their hands. So the hypocrisy is just right there in your face and they don't even care. They want them to be safe. They want their security to have guns, but they don't want you to have guns. And they don't want to have police anymore, but they want to have police and they want the police to be aggressive at stopping protests. Now, here's another thing too. And this was just, uh, this was just satire. This was for comedy for his social media page. Now, the other thing about this too, AOC is one of the leading folks in Congress that was up there saying that these public officials, these justices, that they don't deserve privacy, that they give it up. That wherever they're at, wherever they work, wherever they live, if they're going to have dinner at Morton's, go scream at them, shut it down. But not to her. In a public place, no one around really, it wasn't hardly, hardly anybody in the background, and it's just one guy. See the hypocrisy, folks? Now listen. I believe that everybody should have the right to protest. I do. But I also believe, and this includes AOC, to her credit, and to be fair to her, 
that they should be able to not be harassed and targeted purely based on what they think politically. You want to go stand in a public place and protest, have at it. That's your right. And I will defend that right. But going to someone's house, specifically running up to one person, berating them and screaming at them, going to their home, going to a place, another third party place of business, interrupting everybody else there, interrupting that business, inundating, you know, Morton Steakhouse with calls and reservations and going there and, and screaming while everybody's in there trying to enjoy their night. I don't believe in that. Everybody should have the right to their life despite their beliefs. The oil reserves, the U.S. Strategic Petroleum Reserve took a hit. And this was on purpose. The Biden administration sold a bunch of our oil from our Strategic Petroleum Reserve to a China-owned gas company to the tune of about 1 million barrels. 1 million barrels. Now, this gas company, of course, is state-controlled. This isn't the first time we've seen any kind of a sketchy association with the Bidens and petroleum companies. This isn't, this isn't the first time by a long shot. Not to mention Ukraine back in the day. Hunter Biden, I believe, was a founding member of CPEC, Cinepec, which is now called Unipec, which is a trading brokerage house for the Chinese government. Chinese Communist Party government for the oil businesses over there. Now, let's face it. They're all state-owned, state-run, controlled. There's no free enterprise over there. Now, the reason why this is such a big story is because of the problem we're having with our energy here in the United States. So why would the Biden administration do that? Why would they do that? The official release, because this question did come up, is that the administration indicated that this was to help Americans the crushing gas prices coming out of Russia. Well, if that's the case, why are we selling ours to China, you say? Well, if the demand goes down by China, who's buying Russian petroleum, then the price is going to go down. If there's more of a surplus and the demand is there, but the supply is there, it's going to drive down the prices. That's, that's nonsense. Nonsense. Again, the Chinese hate us. They would like nothing more than to see us empty out our oil reserves. <laughs>